for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Dun, dun. What's up, guys? It's Tuesday, November 27, 2012, episode 62 of AOTA, also known as Attack of the Androids, our weekly Android podcast. I'm Matt Lee, of course, joining me this evening. We got Eric Finkenbeiner on Skype. What's up, Eric? Hello. It's a beautiful Asian morning here in Rangoon. <laughs> the sun coming up. <laughs> the golden land. Nice. That's right. Sun's coming up. We got Joey Kelly. What's up, Joey? Good evening. It's a wonderfully cold, freezing, more accurately, evening up here in the wonderful wolds of Maine with no snow but some in the forecast. God, it was cold here, too. Uh, and we got Shane Brady. What's up, Shane? Hey, guys. Uh, I didn't leave the house today, so I don't know what it's like outside. Nice. In your, in your what's that called? A completely seal, a hermetic, in your hermetic, your ha- hermaphroditic environment? Just we just caught him the bubble boy behind his back. <laughs> no, no, no. Just well insulated. <laughs> That's important. Definitely important. Oh, like yeah, I that mentioned. That was my code word for being fat. Whoa. Just so saying. Bubble boy? Our first... <laughs> no, no, no. Well insulated. <laughs> our first ever instance on AOTA of the pot calling the kettle fat. <laughs> thank you. Thank hey, you. I'm off 19 pounds in about uh, 10 weeks. Nice. What's the app you're using? It's very good. Uh, actually, it's uh, fitclick.com, and they don't have an app, <laughs> well, unfortunately. They should get on it. Eric, how do you uh, feel they- about that as being the other AOTA token fat guy? Uh, it kind of hurts, Matt, but, uh, <laughs> you know. What Not gonna, gonna lie, do? it kind of hurts. How could there be a token fat guy when the only thin guy is the one doing the producing? Well, actually, how can you have how can you have two token fat guys? How can you have three? How does that make sense? I don't know. Some games at the I... arcade take one token. Some games take two. You know, come on. Wow, well played, sir. All right, so back. No Hold on. Okay, this is an Android show. <laughs> Save that for the jam hole, you sob. <laughs> Uh, like Save I said, that for my psychiatrist. Right. We do this once a week. We get together. We hang out. We talk about the latest, the greatest Android news, what we're into, what we care about, what we think you might. So uh, let's start things off. Uh, the There was an update, 4.2.1, coming out, giving everyone December back. So as to not start the new year off on the wrong foot, I guess. Um, did any of you guys get this uh, new update? Uh, it's I've, available for I've the been... Nexus 7, um, and I had to wait a little bit longer to get it for the HSPA Plus, but it's there. If I wasn't on the show, I'd be applying it now. Yeah, Eric? What the hell? I've been hitting update now for the past, like, two hours, uh, and I no, cannot no, no, get you, it to come yeah. down on my Nexus 7. Yeah, I haven't either, but you can you can download the actual file and go through a process and do it manually. Oh, I see. That's yeah, so I, I waited for this evening until they had the uh, the the HSPA Plus one available. So. And do you want to just mention that there's there's that that trick that we mentioned a long time ago when I think 
ICS first came out when everyone was like hitting that update button constantly. If you go into settings, what what do you remember, Shane, off the top of your head, what that which setting it was? Update framework or something? Uh was it Google the Google Services framework? That's what it was. Yep. And I've then, never I've never had any of those ever work for me. Really? Uh, I th- I, got have, I think I had it work back when yeah, we tried it. Or the other one is sometimes when they update the market, uh, you know, force stop, clear, blah blah. Never had any of those work. So. Really? I it maybe it didn't work. Maybe it was just coincidence, and they act they happened to push it right as I had cleared it, and then hit check again, and then it was like, oh, here you go. That's right. Remember, remember, as a skeptic, correlation does not equal causation. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, off of PC Mag here, they say the December problem was first reported on the Google forums by user Rohit on November 14th, who had a GeneX running 4.2. Uh, he said, today I was inserting birthday of a friend in my contacts list so I can sync birthdays in calendar, and I noticed December was missing. Uh, but it was in the calendar, just not the, the People app like we mentioned last week. Uh, the Android team addressed the problem last week in a Google Plus post. Quote, we discovered a bug in the Android 4.2 update, which makes it impossible to enter December events in optional fields of the People app. Rest assured, this will be fixed so that those of you with December birthdays and anniversaries won't be forgotten by your friends and family. Derby derby derby. So... Uh, what are all the Android websites going to write about once they fix this? I know, right? Well, they haven't released the Galaxy Nexus version uh, update yet, so they have a few more days of uh, kvetching. Milk it. Milk it for all it's worth. Get those clickbait headlines up. Any oh, other? Well. Was there anything else in that 4.1.2 update uh, of note, or was that really they just hurried that thing together, pushed it out just strictly for the the December thing. I saw the um, the change log was posted on Android Police, and looking at it, it looks like so they they fixed this problem. They did something with notification vibration, like they say notification vibration improvements. Um, they added uh, Bluetooth um, gamepad joystick support for certain devices, and then they. You know, basically changed the version number to say 4.2.1, and you know, basically updated the text of the uh, of the current build, and that's it. Sure, it was it was only like it was only like one and a half, two megabytes. Yeah, so that's what it's they not... said. The, the update was very very tiny. Yeah, one point one. Good to see though that they are quick or fairly. I mean, November it's the twenty seventh now, and what when did they say that that was first spotted? The fourteenth. So. 10 days, 12, 13 days about. I mean, that's fairly quick for cobbling together an update, finding what was the bug, first of all, which I'm sure they had tons of bug reports to go through, right? So they that wasn't a problem. Putting it together, testing it, and then pushing it out. I mean, that's that's pretty good turnaround time, right? I mean, would we see it, could it be done any faster? I mean, is uh, they're on point, I think. Yeah, yeah. From I can say from a developer point of view, <clears throat> sometimes you're like in the middle of a bunch of changes, and it makes it difficult to just make in a quick little change like that. So that's why I think you saw the USB stuff too, that that was stuff they were normally progressing. They got to a good stopping point and put out the release. So I think that's, 
fine. Though I'm sure those engineers were working overtime to get it done as fast as they could. Well, and obviously we, we all say that that shouldn't have been a bug in the first place, something that obvious, I guess. Like nobody went into the – because they dog food all the time. So nobody went into that people app and tried to put in someone's December bur- – like I, I find it hard that there's that many eyes on it and that they missed that. That that seemed so, odd, but they it, did it fix it quickly. It looked like on mine, if you had already had the dirt – if um, if – in other words, unless you go through the app and add that many contacts to it and fill out all that stuff, I don't think you'd come across it in your normal day-to-day. Right. So, you know, it's also one of those things that's so basic, you, you just may forget about it. And, um, yeah, it's just, I, you know, there's there's been some other issues with the 4.2 update that I think people are um, complaining about. Um, though... I think one of the next stories we have coming up actually seems to fix a lot of those. Uh, so it looks like they do need a little bit more dog fooding. This 4.2 release was a little buggier than, than normal. So hopefully they're going to have a lot of updates in the month of December. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, AOSP's Gene Baptist Kuru announced that 4.2.1 earlier today in the Android Building Google Group. Uh, they say, while many users won't initially think there's much benefit to the code being available, anyone who runs custom ROMs should be excited. The AOSP and the source code it provides are very much to thank for the widespread ability of custom firmware. So, also cool. Which, I mean, that just kind of goes without saying, right? If it's getting pushed update, it's going to hit AOSP. So, fantastic. Yeah. Just, sometimes there's like a little bit of a delay, though. So, I think it's cool that well, they... Yeah. It depends it what out, ROM you're on. It depends what device you're on. The other day, I went looking for uh, Howie ROMs for my girlfriend's little Howie phone. <laughs> There's, like, nobody developing ROMs for the, sp- the particular version of the Howie that she has. So it was like, well, a whale. Yep. Good stuff. I tried, I tried messing with a, uh, with a Huawei phone um, out here maybe, like, six, seven months ago. And... I mean, the phone itself was only a year and a half old, but Huawei had already taken down um, all of the all of the files off of their website, so you couldn't get to you couldn't get to any of the any of the files there. I had to like scrounge to find a version of um, what is it, uh, Clockwork Mod Recovery that would work for mm-hmm. it. And it I've heard Twerp might have been a better option for certain devices like that. What's that? The Twerp. The, I think the other... this was this wasn't pre twerp, but it oh, okay. was it was it was just starting out when I was doing all this, I think. And it was I mean this was a this was an Android two dot one device too, so that made it even more difficult because that was when they started uh that's when they started uh what do you call it? I'm gonna just let you drown on that one. I, I really have no idea what he's talking about. Too. I, I don't either. What happened? You never answered. What do you call it, Eric? Oh, Jesus. Sorry, I muted myself, I think. <laughs> what do I call what? <laughs> Whatever you were saying, you're like the what do you call it, and then you just got quiet. So that's you tell, they, You're you? like, that's when they started doing... Oh, oh, they started They started dropping support for Eclair devices. Is there, what you said. there you Sorry, go. Sorry, I, I must have... I don't know how I muted myself. That's really weird. Nice. All right. Yeah, let's, great. Uh, great podcast. Let's good good job, guys. So far, feeling positive. Glad we're recording this one. All right, moving on. Uh, interesting in, uh, article on Android Authority. Is Android better suited to tablets than to phones? Now, most of us here, I think, with the exception of Joey, or do you still have a tablet and an Android phone? Do you have an Android one of each, Joey? 
Um, I've got the LG Revolution, and I've got the uh, Droid Razor uh, in the Motorola dock. Um, but do you have like a have the Nook, but I'm not really using the Nook. Okay, so and that was the only tablet you had, right? So, well, straight tablet, yeah. So, what do you guys? Uh, we'll start with you, Shane. You have you have the Prime. You you have the Seven also, and you have the GNX. Do you do you find Android better on one or the other? Um, no, I, I actually don't. Um, I don't. They they seem to be work. I, I, I was thinking about it, and at first I thought um, the comparison was going to be to iOS because I've seen articles recently about it's a better te- for tablet than iOS. Um, but I read the article a bit more. I just I don't quite get it. Um, I, I know widgets maybe <sighs> widgets really work well on a tablet, so maybe um, that's what they were he was kind of thinking about or got in his mindset. But I find that Android works great on a phone and it works great on a tablet, and certainly. The app experience is still better on the phone because we just, you know, the the marketplace hasn't caught up on a tablet. So, um, I think they're I think they're pretty equal. I mean, I don't. Uh... Do you find it depends what you're doing? Because for me, like, if if I'm doing any kind of like social stuff or show stuff, I always just reach for my phone just because it's it's there. And when I'm doing like if I want to play a game, I almost always reach for the tablet. But there's certain things like um, certain news stuff I, I would rather read on the tablet just because it's bigger, but I usually read on the phone just because that's what I always have. And I don't know. Maybe it's because I got the phone first, so I'm used to that. I, I don't know. It, it's kind of odd. I don't think I, it has I, I, anything to do with the OS, though. I think the OS works great on either or. You know, it's I don't think that has anything to do with it. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously... Um... I've been really changing my habits over the last few months, so I, maybe I'm kind of in flux right now. Maybe I'm not a good test case. And do you think it uh, depends on the widgets you use? Because I see some people just cram widgets like everywhere they can, and then they wonder why their phone runs kind of slow. You know, each of those things has to render and load and all that. Uh, tablet seems to handle that much better. Uh, the tablet battery life is better, but that's because there's no 3G or LTE on it. It's strictly Wi-Fi for me personally. So, I, you know, I don't know. I actually have a counterpoint to that with widgets on the tablet, even though I mentioned that before. On the on the uh, Nexus Prime, um, you have like I guess five columns across, essentially, or is it seven? It, it's it's an odd number. On the and, Transformer Prime. Yeah, and so I can't really make all my widgets look good. Like they have to be kind of stacked. So if I want to have a bunch of my audio ones up, they don't take up the same amount of size. So even if one takes up four columns, it may look like it only takes up three. And so it kind of looks all screwed up. Then I can't resize them to go two by two. So uh, there's a lot of widgets. And maybe that's because no one's developing strictly for the tablet. But some widgets look really crappy. On, but in, uh, and it front. depends what, yeah, like what, what you said, what widgets. But it, <laughs> I, I don't know. It depends also if, you, if you're running custom ROM and that ROM allows you to change those Things like you can change how many rows of icons there are, the padding in between them. You can change all that stuff if you want. Like for me personally, here's my I mean my main home screen. And granted, I've wiped this thing more times than I can count just because of using the the different custom ROM nightlies and everything. But 
I, those are the only two widgets I ever use on my home screen, and they're the same two I use on my phone. It's a Seismic widget and a My Sixth Sense widget, and between those two, I have all my Twitter feed, Facebook, and news feeds just right there randomly circulating. So Yeah, let's see if, if I can get a picture of what I'm talking about. No, because I just wiped this. I don't have everything set up. <laughs> so here's a question, guys. If you look at the article... He has like a picture of a phone, and it says a typical Nexus S home screen. <laughs> Is that typical to you guys? It's got like all the like no. each of the things down at the no. bottom. It's like crammed. And why with do all you these have like apps. why do you have twenty things in each folder? Like that's the most. I don't know. I never used a Nexus S, but I. I, I don't hey, like. Who uses Google Reader that much? I do. Hold on. But I never use the widgets, and I never use it on Android. It's strictly a tool for podcasting, for you know, curating stories and stuff. Yeah, yeah. This, I, this is Eric. Good point. This is absolutely no one's typical Nexus screen. Who would put the the uh, phone and the message in the same circle on the home screen? Right. Like if you and here, I'll, here's an, another lovely example. Here's my, my GeneX home screen. Again, my My Sixth Sense widget, my Seismic widget, and then my, my stuff down here. All I have in there is the phone, the People app, Google Voice, and Gallery. That's, that's what's in my four here for the phone. And most of those things I rarely use. Like, they're just there in case I need it. Yeah, but I, I keep a screen up like this that has all my audio. Um, then I have my uh, – I don't want to get too close. Okay. So Evernote. And then my main screen. And then I have uh, you know my calendars and all that. That guy's screen is insane. Yeah, and maybe that's just poor management of your screen real estate. And again, yeah. I mean, you can like I said, if you're running custom ROMs, you can add more home screens. You you know you can have one home screen if you want. You can do any of that yeah. stuff. But yeah, this is I don't know. Maybe not as or who knows? Is this typical for normal users who don't know better? I don't think a normal user would ever set that up. I would hope not. Is this anything I don't think that a normal would come... user knows how to do that? Yeah, yeah. Does this come stock? That... Maybe that didn't come stock. Oh, no, no, because the Google. First of all, they're using TweetDeck, which is an app that's been outdated. It's been abandoned. Yeah. So you know this is all screwy. Um, no, but those Google apps um, are on a folder on your desktop when you get the, the right. device. And I, I do think that Google has a – they're not doing a good job of getting uh, the first startup experience to be really clean. I don't know, like, wh- why are all your Google apps in a tiny little – in a circle? Why aren't they prominently displayed? But whatever. So this guy's setup is just weird. And honestly, well, if you utilize notifications properly, you really don't need any of those apps up there because if it's stuff that you're interacting with – when you're notified, like you can just get to it from there. And that's, I kind of cleaned out a lot of this stuff because I wasn't hitting the app button. I was actually just going to it through notifications. And unless I was getting notified, I wasn't using the app, you know? Yeah, truthfully, most of those widgets I could get rid of because the notifications would replace Right, them. I love the music player and the notification thing, the, the, you know, all that stuff, the SoundCloud player, that, that stuff works really well. And having them in notifications is key. I think. And Audible just did it. They just updated their app so nice. it handles the notification. So they should all do I that. Sh- yeah, I actually should go through and clean that up. Yeah, you have a terrible home screen, Shane. It's not good. <laughs> but I've so, got it's almost second nature setting it back up. Right. 
I almost need to refer back to my screenshots so I remember how it was set back up. <laughs> but then I'm like, you know what? If you don't remember, just try something different. But then it always ends up getting set up about the same, so whatever. <laughs> uh, and he says here in the article, of course, one could argue that I'm overstating the importance of widgets and that Android home screens are just as good when used to hold a, f- a grid of frequently used apps. Uh, this is true, and feel free to call me obsessive, but it seems like a waste to use home screens as an app launcher when there is a dock in the entire app menu, which even sorts apps alphabetically. And I, I don't know, I kind of disagree with that. You don't want to go through three pages every time you want one app that you're using. You know, you throw that on the main screen, right? Yeah, for, for frequently Like, say you're using stuff. Evernote a lot, so you, you would open up Home you would slide twice to get to the ease and then hit Evernote, whereas you could just have it right on your home screen, not in the app drawer. But, I mean, it, it's all user preference. Who cares? So, I, I guess did... if, the, if the guy's point is Android is more suited for tablets because it has more room for more widgets and widgets are very good, then I understand. Then what about but the Galaxy Note? What about the Note 2? There's more well, that's room. the thing. It, you're and you're hinging this on right on one feature of the operating system versus the operating system as a whole. So I, I personally towards... don't think that it's that it's better suited one versus the other. Um, I but I do think that Android does a good job of of scaling the experience to the device, if and, that makes sense. And I would say the notifications, which are very important, work better on the phone than they do the tablet. I don't like how they split the uh, like on the Nexus Seven with four dot two. They split the top of the screen. If you swipe down on the left side, you get notifications. If you swipe down on the right side, you get sort of like settings. Yeah, I, but you I can, all, you can do it like for the, the same side. What's that? If you swipe down, you can swap. So side slide in the chat oh. says. So you're saying that Microsoft has it right with Windows Eight with the tile system on a desktop. I, personally, I haven't messed with it, but if I mean, from what I've read, those tiles are very interactive. They give you real time stuff like that. That could be a really key feature for them. I feel like they're not playing that up enough. If it is, you know, like you don't. Everybody really... loves the tile design. It's just not executed well right now. And it's version one of it, so you know they'll get it better. I don't. I don't mind Windows Eight. I just I just installed it this week to start playing around with it. I don't mind it at all, but I'll say that I don't live in that little tile area. I'm always on the traditional desktop. Um, so I maybe that's that's the idea of you know morphing or scaling the experience based on the device, which is you know that makes sense. But on the desktop, I don't. I think that the tiles are actually kind of hard to work with. I just want to go. I just go back to the regular desktop. But what time. if what if it was an instance like uh, you have your dual screen set up? You could have one screen that has tiles feeding you real time information while you're doing your work on the other. Or I don't even know if it works that way. If it does, that would be you know the idea. If they use. could, that would be fine. At the yeah. risk of turning this into all about uh, Windows, um, the the thing that I don't like about the Windows Eight interface by default is the fact that it's very dependent upon the mouse. There are a lot of things that you can't do with the keyboard that I found, at least, or they've changed the shortcuts and whatnot so that they're different. And if you if you've got an if you've got an old hand Windows person like myself that's been doing Windows support literally since three point one, there are things that just you've always done them a certain way. Back when support was easy breezy. 
Yeah, yeah. I would say, Joey, Microsoft just kept you in business for the next couple of years. Right? Well, the thing is, is that I'm actually recommending at this point that people stay with Windows 7 for new machines simply because Windows 8 is so new that we don't know if there are any huge gaping security holes yet. Um, so I, It's Windows, bro. You can assume that there are. Exactly. Like, I mean, just automatically assume. Yeah. So um, I, I've, I've used it twice, and I've seen it in, in the wild twice. And uh, the, the, my comment to one person, uh, our, our friend of the show, Kyle, um, was that uh, he, he was thinking about getting his mother a new laptop. And I said, whatever you do, encourage her to get one that's Windows 7 because you'll never be able to figure out how to support her from remote. Uh, with Windows 8 because most of the things are hidden from you. You have to go and slide your mouse over to the one end of the screen in order to get a menu to pop up that would have been at the bottom of the screen before. And it, it's just visually it's very different. And the tile interface is not there all the time, um, as uh, Eric said about, the, uh, about living in the traditional desktop. That works very well. It looks very Windows 7-like, but it is not uh, Windows 7, and it does not behave exactly the same either. All right. And, I mean, moving on a little bit, kind of in the same vein, there's an interesting article on ZDNet, and I think, Eric, you, you really appreciate this article. Uh, the, the headline asks the question, is Android too hard for the average user to figure out? <laughs> take it away, Eric. Unmute yourself, then take it away, Eric. I'm trying. Thank I'm you. I'm really trying. No, I. You want to like, see I'm, me cry I'm, tonight? Is that what you're aiming for? You want me to cry tonight? Yeah, I, I want see. you know. I don't want you to to have an easy time editing tonight's show. No, God How's forbid that? I ever do. God, God forbid. Um, no, I just you you sent this article this morning, and I was freaking out because I I really hate this assumption that iOS is easier to figure out than Android. I I don't like. I look at the I look at the real world case of my mother, who is quite possibly the worst technology user that has ever you know graced this earth. And we started her out on Android. She had a hard time, you know. She kept you know calling. I don't know how to do this. How do I make a phone call? We got her an iOS device. You know, I don't know. I don't know how to play my music. It's it's really it's all the same. And would you I mean, say? This, will you say what you said during the pre-show about? It's not just normal users. Yeah, it's well. It's not this. This is assuming that it's it's normal users. I think it's normal American users. There you go. Is, is the real is the real data that they're looking at? Because the Android data, is the still. Data... I don't so know what that ahead, was. Eric. Go ahead, Shane. I'm just saying, but the data has nothing to do with usability. The data they're basing this off of has nothing to do with usability studies, has nothing to do with OS design. It's somebody's guess as to why iOS users were buying more crap online with their iOS devices. And honestly, where does that come from? Those people spend more money on shiny crap. Oh my they god. They have more money to blow on the they have more disposable income per capita. Exactly. Because they, so, and you know that because they have the expensive device. Exactly. So how does Adrian Kingsley Hughes go from this share of traffic sources, US online shopping, Thanksgiving and Black Friday twenty twelve graph 
to the stretch that is Android is too hard or just even getting the question, is it too hard for the average user to figure out? Yeah, there are other options, other things. Maybe more websites just because of history and laziness just work better on a iOS device because uh, that was the first and that's for still the default. <clears throat> so some sites may not detect an Android device. This happens a lot. And so the website looks like crap on the phone. It doesn't make it easy. What what sites are involved here? Are you telling me that it's harder to use the yeah. Amazon app on Android than it is on iOS? I don't buy it. Are you using apps? Is it a browser versus browser? And what he says, he's you know he he makes the he starts out making the point that uh, it's clear Android devices outsell iOS by a significant factor. Uh, the mobile phone tractor from IEC. IDC said that uh, you know uh, Google's mobile OS accounts for 75% of the international smartphone market share uh, in just three years. He says Android has crushed the smartphone competition. But then he asks, if Android is dominant with respect to market share, why did Apple's iOS-powered devices wipe the floor with Android when it came to Thanksgiving and Black Friday online shopping? And again, I, I just like you said, th- these two things have absolutely nothing to do with each other. I don't, right? If you want to get an honest-to-God per capita – if you want to find out who or, or what demographic or what brand of, of, of devices are being used by people, ask Facebook who gets more – Posts or more installs of the app or whatnot. But Android even that, though, the, even that, all that shows you is what maybe people prefer using Facebook on the web compared to mobile or a small screen. I mean, there's there's so many other factors. I can't see it. Oh yeah. What you need is some sort of test that measures usability almost. And now that, but, like I mentioned, well, my girlfriend no. just got an Android phone. She went from a feature phone to this Android phone, and she had it figured out, like, on her own. Yeah. I She didn't ask me anything. I was like, oh, wow, is that an Android phone? She's like, oh, yeah, check it out. And she, like, well, had it. Is, is that, she well, just I'll messed with it. Though, but what I was just saying about asking a single site what who who works, interacts with their site more from what platform, that you have to understand that if you assume that, say, X number of percentage of users are going to are going to work with it on mobile, then that percentage would be roughly equal on Android versus iOS, or you'd have to assume that. Uh, and then you could find out how many people are using an Android device versus how many people are using an iOS device. But that's not necessarily an even tracker. The uh, the thing is, is that if you go to and you go look at the the site statistics, they publish these once, or maybe they still do for twit.tv, you find a disproportionate amount of Linux use. Why? Because the, the people that are going to that are geeks. Okay, uh, you want to go look at the um, oh geez, I don't know, uh, say the Motley Fool or something like that, which is an investment site. You're going to find a, a strong bias towards PCs. And uh, uh, an Internet Explorer as a browser. Why? Because people are working and they're checking that during the work day. And, and oftentimes they're limited on what platform they're using. So, I mean, it, it's this, this sort of thing is quite frankly meaningless. You can't really determine the ease of use of a platform based upon the number that are sold or the number of traffic that, that's going to a certain site or whatnot. You'd have to ask people what they thought about the usability, and then, unfortunately, you'd have to give them the other device to really compare it, and only then, after you know a month or two, would you be able to go back and get an honest-to-God sample out of them. And no one's going to do that because no one cares that much. Yeah, right. I guess I'll also point out, these stories get pushed by writers who basically 
fetishize their phones. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, they're just phones. And a lot of people just want to be able to get good email, which I think is better than Android, make a few calls, do some texting, take some pictures, and do a little Facebooking. And not everybody wants to spend 10, 12 hours around on their phone. I mean, it's just... Well, as in the words of Linus Torvalds, you, you ha- uh, he said on a documentary, for, to understand what an operating system is, you first have to understand what people do with their computers. They don't use an operating system. They use a they use programs on their computer. In the device world, you don't use an Android phone. You don't use an iOS phone. You use the apps that are installed on your phone. So if you can get Gmail on Android and you get Gmail on iOS, then it really becomes which one's a better user experience. And I don't know who I don't know what that is. But if your app is uh, if your app is created by the same person, shouldn't be shouldn't it shouldn't the experience be the same across the different platforms, or close enough think, to? Yeah, you'd hope so. Uh, but you could also yeah, turn Joey, this what you're saying though is say, that is that only? If, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say you could turn this reporter around and say, well, if apps are so great on iOS, why is everybody using the browser? It's a good point. Because the browser is just that much better. Yeah. So go ahead, Eric. What were you gonna say, Eric? Uh, I I just want to understand something, Jerry. Are you saying that it doesn't matter? So you're basically saying the destination matters, but the journey does not. Because if I have to like, if I want to open up Gmail, and on one phone I just tap the Gmail icon, and the other one I have to shake it or yell at it and say, Siri, give me mail. I mean that the operating system does matter. It's not just the app ecosystem. Right, I but what I'm saying is, is that phone. people buy their devices, and they're, specifically when you start talking about major commitments, and I don't think necessarily a smartphone is a major commitment anymore, considering the prices are dropping and how disposable they've turned into be. Every two years, you can get a different one uh, on if you've got a contract. Um, but um, w- w- like for instance, if you're talking about, say, you've got a, a person that has to have this particular application and it's only available on this platform. Well, they're going to go with that platform because they don't they don't care what platform it is. They need to use something. They need a function. They need an application and they're going to tailor their environment to that application. And for a lot of people that's just as long as they get the Facebook app, right? And and I don't think I think Facebook's kind of a bad example in that context because well frankly it's available on everything, uh, but the the example that I've always used in the in the PC world was that for decades well maybe not decades but years uh, the uh, Adobe uh, Photoshop uh, and and Creative Suite stuff was the best the killer app on the Macintosh platform it was the thing that all of the graphics designers had to have. And it was available on Mac usually first before the PC version came out. And eventually they abandoned that. They came out with them both at the same time. And what's happened? The PC version is now generally accepted as being better. Why? Because you can dump more and more processing power into it faster than you can buy it from Apple. So it's the people don't use Windows or Mac. They use Photoshop, and they're going to intuitively go for the best platform that gives them the best Photoshop experience. I think it's the same for mobile devices. Uh, in in my case, I'm I'm using a diet uh, site that uh, uh, is called FitClick.com, 
it doesn't have an Android app. It has an iOS app. If I'm that concerned about having a mobile app, I may switch. I'll either switch sites or I'll switch phones. In my case, I'm not that concerned about it, and I'll just use the web interface. Yeah, but Joe, I think that mentality on phones is 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 the minority. I think most people want to just be able to get their email and Facebook, and because Facebook is everywhere, uh, you know, price matters, yep. and you know. A bigger screen, especially for older folks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody who does. I, I have the new iPod Touch, and it's a four-inch screen, and it feels tiny. So I can't imagine what the old three-point-five-inch phone is. So that's oh, it, why feels, just, it feels like a toy in your hand. Yeah, that's why I just think these, these, these stories like this are just asinine. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a large attempt to to get people to yak about something and get some you know some click throughs, and I also think that it's it's a an attempt to uh, try to influence people to go a certain way or whatnot. And and I think an awful lot of this is generalizations about uh, people. You can't make a decision about uh, about a group of people based upon a half a dozen samples. Yeah, uh, I just uh, classism is alive and well in tech reporting when it comes to okay. iOS versus Android. Oh yeah, and, and the thing is, is that ironically, for many reasons, I find myself coming down on the side of iOS is good, um, which I know that's sacrilege on this show, uh, and it's not my personal feelings. But the catch is, is that when I have to support, uh, you know, in my full time job as a system administrator for a company, I have to support the phones. Every single Android phone we have is different. There's different versions of Android. There's different skins. Some of them got Sense. Some of them got Moto Blur. Some of them are vanilla. Um, some of them have 2.3. Some of them have 4.0. Some of them have 4.2. And hey, Joey, let me let me tell you, it's not it's not so much that it's sacrilege on this show. They both at this point do the same stuff. What we really get annoyed at is the people that have that attitude that this is better or that one's better. It's like if you can't see by now that they both do the exact same thing and it all comes down to what logo you want holding off the side of your head or how much you can afford, like that's that's all that really matters at this point. Back in the day, yeah, there was differences, but not anymore. No, the playing field has really become very equal uh, as far as I'm concerned. And and, and – I mean, one one person, one OS will come out with the feature, then another one will catch it, and then another one will come out with something else, and then we'll catch it. And it's not always Apple leading; it's not always uh, Android leading. It's 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 mixed. But at the end and, of the day, they are both quite equal. Oh yeah, and, and at the unless end of the you day, want to tinker, are, are... unless you want to tinker, if you want to tinker, I mean, you could jailbreak. Oh, yeah. But I find that between what I can do on my my Galaxy Nexus and CM10, and what my brother can do with his jailbroke iPhone 4s, then mm. like there, there's no comparison. Oh, but yeah. most people aren't doing that. So oh yeah, and, and we have a mixed environment at at my work. Uh, we have a bunch of people that are Android fans, uh, myself and the network administrator included. Uh, our boss uh, has a uh, has an iPhone. The major uh, uh, about ha- about the company is about fifty fifty on iPhones and, um, and and Android. And the iPhones are sometimes, by the way, still three GSs. Uh, we've got some fours. We've got some four. Uh, what, what is it? Four GS? I think it is. Four S. Four S. Four S. We've got all of them. And. The only good thing I have to say about that platform is that at least I have a common interface and common problems, and it's easier to support. Besides that, I don't see that there's any advantage at all. Right on. 
All right, uh, Joey. Any, any other final thought? Oh yeah, go ahead, Eric. I, I just I'm I'm curious because I, I know Joey works in the medical industry. What what are your users doing that it matters if they are on Sense versus Motorblur versus AOSP? On it's not so much that it matters to them as it is every time I look at a phone, I never I never know what to expect. As in, you know, how does this look? Where is this button? Is this a hard key, soft key? Uh, it, it, it's more of the support aspect. But in, in reality, of- you know enough about Android to know and remember where things were in 2.3, yeah. where things are in 4, where things are in 4.1. I mean, you, you can well, get around I, that. You actually, just prefer not to. My phone has got 2.3. Uh, so for me, 2.3.4, actually, it's a gingerbread variant, um, as is the network administrator's. Uh, his is also based on, I think, 2.3.5. Anyway, um, but I've got an LG, and he's, gonna, and he's got an HTC. So even ours are not identical. And it's one of those things where, yes, I know the difference, and I can tell people how to navigate, but it's difficult for someone to lean over at the, and, and help out their neighbor, which is often the first line of technical support, if they've got a completely different operating system. But what are you supporting on the phone? I mean, don't you guys install a similar set of apps? You know, uh, I mean? The users pretty much install their own apps. Uh, the, the, to be honest, the majority of what uh, the problem uh, or what what we actually do is phone calls and email. That's about it. Uh, we do have some uh, uh, people that are using the uh, the iPhone as an RDP client. Um, and they will actually remote into our servers from their iPhone, and I, I don't know how they do that with a, such a small screen, um, but they do it. And every once in a while, they'll they'll actually work from wherever they happen to be via their phone. Oh, that's insane! I I am right there with you. I is I that never... a case of doing it because you can, not because you enjoy it? I think, I think that that yes. might be a doing it because you want to be somewhere else and you have to work. Because um, I, I remember, uh, just a, a quick aside, I, I got VNC running on my, my laptop and my desktop through a client on my tablet and my phone, got it working once, messed with it, and then never touched it again. I just did it because I could, because it was there to see if it worked. But it, There was no real purpose that I was going to hop on my phone or my tablet, VNC my computer and do anything. Like, I, it just it's pointless at that. You know, what, what do you well, do? I, I did have that set up on the Nook, and I used it, I think, twice. Um, because that's the largest screen that I've got in the house. Um, and that was... It wasn't pointless, but it was extremely frustrating because I'm... I mean, I've been doing this for years. I'm very good with Windows and I'm very good with Linux for that matter. It's useful um, for that one time where you need that one thing off of your computer and you don't have your FTP running or something like that. Then it's totally awesome. But like, how often does that really happen anymore? I feel like we have copies of everything in the cloud. You could just get it. You know, you're not having to get something right off your computer. And if you do, exactly. it's not necessary that, oh, I have to have this right now, you know? If if I'm looking for a specific photo or a specific song or something that I want to have right now and I'm away from my computer, I've got the Carbonite mobile app. Um, so I just downloaded it yeah, from my Yeah, there Carbonite. you go. There's, there's easier ways of doing it than, than the old VNC model, which used to work but, amazing. I mean... Yeah, but the VNC, what I did with it was I was simply, I was in the bedroom, and I hadn't gotten up yet, and I wanted to, I 
think it was check my email or no, no, it couldn't have been that. It must have been something else. Uh, See, what I oh, do I a lot of is have Gmote running, and I'll be laying in my bedroom, and because I have the surround sound speakers on the desktop, I'll open Gmote and start playing music. But like mm-hmm. as I'm getting up out of bed, so that there's music going, you know, stuff like that. That that I find that really useful. I'm not doing that when I'm out of my local area network, right. which is when I think you know, actually what it was is I was using it to torment my girlfriend. Um, by moving her mouse around. I think I did that. The other, I did that yeah. once too. Back back in the day, when my girlfriend would be here, and I would just VNC and just start messing with stuff, or just randomly have I, something play. Is the funniest thing. Hop on G Chat like a minute later. When I lived she, at home, yeah, she hop on G Chat like a minute later and be like, "Um, I think I broke the computer. <laughs> you did what?" all right uh let's let's move on let's talk about this uh google plus requirement for posting reviews on google play now in full effect y'all uh some people what the android authority article says is uh that some people often hide behind anonymity when leaving scathing reviews or youtube comments uh, about certain apps and games on google play uh, not that there's anything wrong with them if the feedback given was legit, but it's not unusual to see bogus reasoning with very little substance. Uh, they say after a recent APK teardown of the latest Google Play app reveals that future reviews on Google Storefront require that you use your Google Plus account. And that's we're starting to see this. I mean, this goes along with the plusification of everything. YouTube, uh, YouTube comments now, they're kind of... You don't have to, but they want you to use, you know, your Google Plus account, which is your real name on YouTube. And, you know, it's is that I think that's a good thing, depending on what you're using the medium for you. If you're posting YouTube clips of Gaza and you're there, like you maybe don't want your real name attached to that because someone might come kill you. And that is a very real happening. Like it's. I don't if you're leaving app like the app developer's not going to come track you down and and do a you know that but it does force getting rid of the anonymity does force people to think or it should force people to think more about what they're putting on the internet. Yeah. Well this goes back to that whole thing uh we all have jobs and we all have protection under the US law called the whistleblowers act uh where if we witness our employer doing something illegal we can contact the authorities and uh, and we remain completely anonymous. Why is that necessary? Because if the businesses were able to know who d- pulled the whistle, they'd fire them. Yeah, they'd find an excuse. Um, and up here in Maine, it's an at-will employment state. You don't even need to have an excuse. You could just say you're done, and no reason has to be given. Um, you know, so sometimes anonymity is good. In my opinion, this is a, a a a move to try to get get away from trolls, which is good. But at the same time, I'm very happy with my handle, even though now my uh, name and picture are next to my YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, can I verify this? So uh, they say the plusification isn't it really just your Google profile. You know, like uh, I wonder. I sometimes wonder if they say, "Well, they're plusifying it as." A, well, I added that part. It, that that okay. wasn't that wasn't in the article. It just seemed to be going down that direction of what they were doing with all of the other. 
No, but I read this. I did read this elsewhere. So I didn't know if it just – you've always had a Google identity and a right. Google account. Right, And I just wonder if that's – this is a good thing. But even, uh, on, even on the old profiles, you didn't have to really use your real name. It didn't really start until Google Plus when they really started cracking down on if you're not using your real name, you're not going to be on Google Plus, that type of thing. Yeah, that, that, that's true. They, they had to clean it up. But I, I think in the case of YouTube, YouTube comments are well-known for being the worst – um, comments on the internet, and so you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, you can still create fake Google accounts. So I actually don't think the anonymity thing is that big a deal. But what it makes prevent- you go, and if you see a comment from someone that's not using their real name, it gives that way less credence than someone that is. I, I feel. no, but you you can create fake aliases, right? Right, you could uh, have arguments with yourself all day long on there between your five accounts if you wanted to. I mean, that's I, there's nothing stopping that, sure. Yeah, and I think the barrier to entry to do that is low enough that it's worth it to cut out all the drive-by douchey comments that and. That'd be kind. I mean, racist, homophobic, whatever anti, you know, in YouTube, it's there. So I think it's good. And the case of the reviews, there are too many fake reviews out there. I, I've seen it. Uh, I don't want to talk about specific apps. I know there, there were. I, know, I noticed a lot of spam reviews back when, when this first started happening, where people would just throw in like, hey, get a free whatever, this and that and that. Here, here's the link. But there was always an easy way to, to market as spam or down down check it or whatever and you know as users we should all be doing that to help keep our environment clean yeah but they don't even have to be like that they can just be i've seen ones that are just like chair that's the entire review oh really i have a review yeah they i don't think i've come across bad. very many of those they must yeah, get you'll, wiped you'll bef- yeah that's cool from less scrupulous uh, app developers so i think this is i think it's good i I'm quite I'm quite happy with it. Considering you can, it's easy enough because I have pseudonyms that I have to use now and then. Um, you know that are, you know, I can do anything I want under them. It doesn't come back to me. So yeah, and I mean, we all if if you if you did any kind of site running back in the day, like we all wrote stuff under pseudonyms. Like none of us used our real names back in the day. You know, it depends what you were working on, I suppose. So I'm curious, do you guys think that as a result of this, there will be fewer five-star, like, free apps where it's like, you know, free nude pictures, like that sort of thing, because people will be shamed uh, shamed out of uh, putting any sort of rating on them? I think like all the things that No more bots. Yeah. There'll be more bots? No, less Maybe. bots, I think. Oh, less bots. And this says yeah, that the, I think it's a good thing. This is towards the end. Integrating Google Plus profiles with the Play Store won't exactly stop spammy reviews from showing up, but at least users can now quickly click on the reviewer's name to check whether there's a real person or a bot lurking behind in order to judge the merit of the opinion. It's just kind of what I said. So, well, and it's and it's neat because I can look at something and say immediately, okay, you know, Shane Shane Brady gave this five stars. Um, but, you know, this other person who just, you know, posts pictures of, I don't know, cats on his Google Plus page, he gave it one star and it was illegible. Like, I mean, it, it gives you more of a basis to understand whether somebody's review is credible or not. I, I really like that idea. And, and don't we all look at the plus one to see if any of our friends plus one in an app already? Yeah, that pops up for me. Um, yeah. 
But I was also thinking, I, I recently bought a TV on, on Amazon.com on uh, Black Friday, and I go and I look at the reviews, and it goes, oh, four and a half stars. I'm going, oh, well, that's good. And then I start reading the reviews, and I'm going, and you always look at the lowest reviews, and you always look at the highest reviews, and then sometimes if you're really ambitious and there aren't too many, you look at the middle. And I, I love looking at the lowest reviews because it's usually bought this TV or bought this widget it doesn't do this. It says in the product description, does not do this. Right, yeah. So and people always be like that. Here? I mean, we've we've seen that with even on Newegg. Newegg for a while was always tied as like having the best if you wanted to know anything about anything electronic like that, you would go to Newegg and read the reviews. But then there were stories coming out that manufacturers or or their their marketing like there were a lot of it was fake and people Oh, oh, oops! I, I think you're gonna have that with any anything online like this. And uh, there's a good point in the comments here. Someone named Bilar, he says there must be a way to evaluate if the comments have value to them without publicly revealing your name. For example, when you click on my name here, you can see what I've written before. But and maybe that's good for like comments, but on app reviews, like are you really spending that much time reading that stuff? Or are you interested you're I find you I read them most when I'm waiting for the app to download and install, maybe. And then I get into it and I see what I think about it. You know, I'm not I'm not basing it. But you guys won't download an app that has two stars, right? It depends what it is. It honestly it depends, depends on the number of people that have reviewed it. Uh, I, I think people. Well, Will you just skip Shane? Will you completely just? How do you skip think it? I find app picks? <laughs> <laughs> I sort by less stars and go at the bottom. I, I, I am more likely to not download an app that has really that has real, that's mostly two star reviews. Uh, you know, then I, I don't necessarily trust a four and five star reviews. But if nobody can say anything nice about something, that's usually. Uh, I mean, it's just a general guideline. Of I don't think I've ever downloaded a two-star app that I ended up liking. If, if you get two stars on anything, app, product, doesn't matter, and you look at the re- – for me, it's important to read the reviews. If they're, again, like feature requests or just just doesn't work – well, that's not useful. It doesn't describe any comments. What, and what I notice anything. a lot of is when updates come out for g- good apps even, and the update breaks one little feature – People will drop that down to one star until that gets fixed. And so if you happen to dip in right when that happens and it looks like, wow, this is a terrible app, it may have just been that last update and it will get fixed if it's a decent developer. I had that issue with Waze. I use Waze all the time and the latest update, uh, not the latest because they fixed it with the latest. The one before the latest a couple weeks ago broke uh, when it's in landscape mode. If you hit the notification bar or just open up any other app, landscape or portrait, and then go back to Waze, it freezes back in portrait mode, and you can't get it back to landscape until you exit the program. So I dropped the review from five to three stars, and I made a comment, and then I emailed the developer, and the next update, it was fixed, and I put it back to five stars. So it it all depends. Yeah, and if Google does make it easy, you can check out the reviews for the latest version. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that even your own device. So. Which kind of makes it more annoying, though, because now I'm finding apps that I've rated before. And maybe it's a good thing, but they're encouraging you to go back with each update and re-rate it because they get reset. Or not reset, but they're 
I, I forget the reasoning. Well, you mean the apps want you to go back and review? Yeah, like you'll get a little pop-up that's like, rate well, me I think, again. Well, I don't know if they know if you rated them before, but I think oh. it's useful to go back and update because some versions, like this last Beyond Pod version that we've, we, we've complained about here and there, uh, the last couple versions have not been great, in my opinion. It's actually been uh, working better for me now that I know where that clear cache button is. Yeah, they have some problems on the. I think they have problems with the Bluetooth stuff. But. Oh, see, yeah, and I don't use any of that stuff, and I'm still using it on CM seven point two on the Droid X. So I, I'm not even using it on anything newer. So I and it, that's it what I mean by, me. by looking at the reviews and having to read them because everyone's application is different, right? And you seeing know? what device they're on and and all that, right? I mean, you, if your use case is I use this on a Nexus seven in my home with a Bluetooth interface to a stereo your user experience is going to be based on a whole different criteria than I use this in my truck driving around on a ancient uh, droid razor, uh, Motorola razor that I uh, dug out of a trash can and got a car dock for. All right. And uh, before we do app picks, we'll just mention this article off of droid life that Google kind of sucks at selling devices through Google Play. And I love this. It almost reminds me of an oatmeal comic. Like, you just keep scrolling. He's like, oh, at at 11.58 a.m. Pacific, the LG Nexus 4 went back up for order through Google Play. Uh, The following is the story of one man trying to buy one. It's all in stock. Hooray. Do work, Google. Checkout screen. Profit. Click proceed. Wait, what? error and then it just like goes through his whole refresh um now my cart is empty try everything all over again oh you think i'm a spam bot google <laughs> like it's so funny just wrecked we're sorry there was an error please try again and then 10 minutes later sold out wah wah the end See, I, think, I think that's the key to everything they're they're just trans when you have to do stuff with money credit cards it's transactional things have to be in right order you need data consistency in your database uh, you can't do a lot of super caching, distributed stuff. And they've just never had this actual demand for their product before. I mean, uh, the Nexus 4 has been a surprise hit, I think. I mean, the Nexus 7, they thought that maybe, I think they thought they had something going and that was rough going, but I don't think they expected an LG device, of all things, uh, and a Nexus phone device to take off like this. Especially, this one, Galaxy Nexus. especially one without a removable, ba- uh, removable battery or LTE. Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, if we were iOS fanboys, we'd be calling all those people, those detractors, stupid because obviously all that matters is sales. True. Good thing we're not. I think it just shows you that price is king. I mean, an unlocked phone for $299, that is amazing, especially when there are – I think there are a lot of people that are getting sick of being stuck in these two-year contracts. Right, and think about it. How much was that Genex when we first got it? Two ninety-nine. Oh, $299. $299 on a two-year contract. So add another, add another $2,400 to that at the end of your two-year contract, uh, about, and uh, you just bought a about $3,000 phone. I, I paid six fifty for mine. Yeah, well, you got off, yours, on, uh, but no, that was unlocked off contract. Exactly. See, we pay. I paid three for mine, locked on contract. <laughs> yeah, oh, and speaking it's, of uh, uh, no contract phones, not that we were, but sort of. Uh, by the way, got two notifications today that Republic Wireless has opened up business. 
drink. No, they have opened it up to the public. I saw and that. Anyone can now buy a uh, uh, their Motorola. What was it? NV, I think. NVXT. Um, so you can buy an outdated phone and have spotty cell service. Oh, but but there's no contract. It. But wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah. But they, but they're improving. Um, they're actually expanding the markets for that they have phones, uh, phone numbers in that are available. And Joey, um, hold I, on for a sec, Shane. This just goes to show you how terrible being with a carrier on a contract is. Is that we're willing to get an old ass phone with an old ass OS just to not be tied into this carrier BS. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Two hundred forty nine bucks plus uh, activation in your first month will get you a uh, Motorola NV. I think it's NVXT if I remember right. And the new ones that they have, this is a step up from as we've discussed from the one that I had. These have a dual mode, dual frequency antenna for better roaming, um, and might actually have fixed my problem uh, with being able to walk in and out of buildings and not have and have service. Are you going so, to get one? I got to go back and look and see if I can still do the 30-day money-back guarantee. Um, if I can, then I would consider it. Uh, unfortunately, they told me that I can't port my number, um, which would mean that I'd be sitting on my number um, on my current plan. Um, and then just and having to get would... another one on top of that. Wait, why just, can't you yeah. port your number? Uh, they told me they couldn't. Uh, I don't know why. I thought they were legally required to now. No, uh, the Republic Wireless is a little different. I don't... Uh, they Port yeah, it to Google uh, Voice. I, and then, I don't yeah. know. It, it and then port it from there? Double port it. Well, no, then you no, can just, have... No, just port it to Google Voice and use Google Voice to forward your calls to your new number. Ah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Can you use Google now Voice that, that on that? That would be a potential... Yeah, I could do that. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Nice. Um, well, Google Voice works great for that. Yeah. But the thing is, is that now, for me, sitting here, let's say that the Google Voice thing wasn't a viable alternative for whatever reason. Um, I've got text messages uh, and 100 or 200, 300 customers that have my phone number. I can't just back away from that. Even going with Google Voice, that makes me nervous about uh, how these phone calls are going to get routed and whatnot. So what's the application for me? I've got a, a, a phone number that I can't port in uh, that I don't want to give up, um, and I've got a, a smartphone paid for by the company that I work for. I don't need another smartphone Then myself. why are you even do? messing with Republic Wireless? <laughs> well, to, for one thing, to try it. To for see the show. How good it Thank was. you uh, for taking one for the team for the show. Yeah, you're welcome. That's that was basic. That was my main goal. Uh, th to be honest with you, the the secondary goal would be to, um, for someone that's not in my position, say for instance, um, oh I don't know, I'll I'll pick a name out of my out of the hat. My maybe my mother that is basically stays at home the, uh, a fair amount of the time and would have Wi-Fi calling available to her, but we might want to reach her when she's not. Um, so it would be a a good use case. Um, and I don't know if it would work for her or not, um, but I might buy another phone again and then see if I can turn it back in if it doesn't work for me. Right on. All right. I'm gonna, Joey, for next week, I'm going to compare what it will cost to do the T-Mobile month-to-month and purchase one of the Nexus 4s because it sounds like for price-wise, the Nexus 4 is pretty competitive with the old phone you get with um, Republic Wireless, and T-Mobile has month-to-month -month no contract 
plans now. Yeah, but it isn't going to be $19 a month, unlimited, unlimited, unlimited. Well, we'll see. That's the point of doing a comparison. No, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to be because uh, the, the cheapest I have found any kind of a month-to-month contract was around 19.99, but that was for a very small number of minutes. How much data, Joey. How much data do you get with Republic Wireless? Unlimited. Unlimited data. Unlimited data. All right. Joey, Shane just sits in his house all day. Give him this one thing. Yeah, let him, let, the, let him have Let him this. do the comparison. I agree. Let him have this one. It's yours. All right, well, at actually, at, no, 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 no. In your house all day, that would actually make Shane a perfect candidate for Republic Wireless. Right? Um, on Wi-Fi all day? Very, there yeah. you go. Not using any of this second-tier cell signal? Uh, yep. All right, no, at picks. It, we, no, no, no. We're done. At picks. Joey, give me an at pick. Let's get the heck out of here. Okay, YouTube Remote. It's a freebie from the Play Store. I found this while I was looking for something else and decided to use it as an app pick. Do we do uh, this as an app pick already? <laughs> You're a dick. Not I hope according so. to the site search. <laughs> no, I think Ann talked about it on the show, but go ahead. Okay, well... No, uh, he, talked about, he talked about something else. Never mind. Yeah, he talked about what I was looking for, which was the ability to use your phone as a controller for your tablet, which I actually couldn't find the app. It's uh, called Gmote, so. dude. Come on. It's called what? Gmote. It was an app pick of mine quite a while ago. Gmote. Okay. G M O T E. Okay. Okay. Um, there it is. Oh, oh, like dot org. Okay. All right. Got it. Anyway, um, uh, but I, uh, I was looking for that and couldn't find it, but I found this instead. This is kind of cool. You link the app to your phone, uh, uh, to a computer or a, um, a Google TV or anything else that's web capable. You punch in a code. And you can send videos from the phone uh, and cause the computer or other device to download and play them, basically. So you can control the YouTube experience from the phone on a big screen. That came with the latest YouTube update also, mm-hmm. if you have a Google TV and whatnot. But this is just just doing it without that, right? Yes, okay. this is completely independent of that, and I don't know because I haven't tried it, but I suspect that it's also, probably because it's Google Cloud-based, independent of your physical location. So in other words, I could uh, send a video to home from work. And Ant Pruitt in the chat says, or with a set-top box such as a PS3 or a Xbox. Ah, okay, Which was- that's good to know too. Uh, but this is really very cool. Um in that, uh, oh, I'm watching this cool thing on my phone. Let me, I'd like to see this on the big screen. Hit a button, send it over. That is, that's or, cool. Or you send the wrong video to your screen at home. Nice. It's a good thing YouTube. Wait, do you say Red Tube or YouTube? Is there a Red Tube one? Because that would be awesome. All right. Thank you, Joey. Wonderful app pick, YouTube Remote. Uh, Eric, got an app pick for us? I do. So the app pick is Elder Sign Omens. Elder Sign is actually a really fun board game, and I I think I was just going through like top paid apps, and I saw that they had put out an electronic version of the game. It's three ninety nine. It is really really fun, and the um, the production value of this is is awesome. Um, it sort of has a uh, who's the HP like an HP Lovecraft style theme, and it's. It's got a really cool art style as well. There's uh, there's videos in there. There's some really good uh, audio, like voice acting for certain videos. It's a great game, and it's three ninety nine. Uh, I think it's really uh, cool too. 
if you don't have the board game, I just I put it on my uh, Transformer Prime, and uh, you can have up to four players. So I had some friends over for Thanksgiving, and then after dinner, we just um, at one point we sat at the table and we were just passing the Prime around and and playing you know this virtual board game, and it was a lot of fun. Pass the so, Prime. Uh, I like that. Just pass that. Pass prime. the Prime. Pass the Prime. So check it out. Three ninety nine. It is well worth your four dollars. Very cool. Elder Sign Omens. All right, Shane, at pick. Yeah, have have we done Grand Theft Auto yet? Uh, no, I don't believe we have. What is that? <laughs> no, and also this was inspired by uh, last week's pick. It's called uh, Devil's Attorney. Ooh. Uh, and so what is is uh, I'm just bringing it up on the screen here. Uh, you play an attorney who's kind of scummy who defends. Um, basically criminals. I'm trying to think. It's kind of like D and D, where you kind of you have abilities. You roll, kind of roll dice. They have counters and uh, the, uh, those type of adjustments. It's kind of cartoony. The the dialogue's maybe a little corny. You can see some of the some of the graphics right there. It kind of sounds like Ace Detective on the Nintendo DS. Did you ever play that game? No, that's what this uh, kind of is reminding me. Objection! Of. Objection, Your Honor! Overruled! Yeah, gonna... Shut up, Eric! <laughs> oh, I'm gonna bring up a case right now. But so, for instance, this case is um, Ricky's accused of running an illegal gambling facility in his basement. Uh, what other ones are here? In his basement or his mother's basement? Let's let's get this story straight here. Yeah. So here's like what the case screen looks like. And then uh, when you Holy actually go cow, to court, this is Ace Detective. That's so crazy. Yeah, so it's got kind of cartoony graphics, I said. Uh, and it's it's not super difficult. Like, you probably get through the first ten cases pretty easily. Um, but then it gets more difficult. And I believe it's free, so it can't go wrong with that. And uh, $3. Is it $3? Yeah. Oh, Wait, did pay. he say free dollars or three dollars? Three dollars. Ah, are you sure? Did you click uh, on the link to your own app pick? Price three. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yes, I don't, it's. I don't, I don't pay attention to prices. It is three dollars, and it has four hundred and sixty-nine five-star reviews and twenty-four one-star reviews. So that means it's quality. Quality. Oh, you know, it's, when I clicked on it, it just says installed. It doesn't say what the price was. Of course. And you wouldn't expect to pay yourself $3 for an app. So I, I understand uh, what happened. Makes sense. Shane burns $20 bills to keep warm in the winter. Well, it gets cold up there. And, you know, when you're a vegan, you save a lot of money because you're not eating you, meat. Eric, you, you say that. But when I first met my wife, I joked that I – I don't even know what context. But the, for, for cat toys, I use $20 bills, just throw them on the ground and all that. I was joking, and, and she, she never was, lets me forget that. And she was hooked. Like, do you remember how much of a baller you were when we first met? No, it was a turnoff. I had to, I had to overcome having money. I'm kind of curious how you saved that evening <laughs> from complete and utter disaster. Perhaps another time on hundred dollar bills. Hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> good call, Eric. All right. Uh, thanks for the app pick, Shane. Uh, I got a, a good one here for you in. In celebration of Eric's terrible, what was it, Square Enix? Who makes Chrono Trigger? That that uh, SquareSoft? Who is it? 
Square Enix. Thank you. Because they just overly destroyed Chrono Trigger and just made it so expensive that we can't even play it, I went and found SNES Droid. This is a Super Nintendo emulator. As we all know, Super Nintendo was the bomb back in the day. And now what you're going to need for this is some ROMs. I don't know where you're going to get those from. Uh, maybe you can email us and we'll uh, help you out there. But So I'm going to hit load ROM, and here is the list of ROMs uh, that I have here. Any of those you guys would like, just let me know. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to fire up Chrono Trigger. So you throw it in, hit it, and wait for it. Oh my god, what is that? I suppose I should make this bigger. There you go. The Chrono Trigger Clock. Do you want the sound? Yeah, let's do it. Alright, ready? Huh? Remember that? Just like on the game. How much did you pay for it, Eric? Um, I think I think six ninety nine, Matt. Was Thank it six ninety nine or was it thirteen dollars? Because I remember you were pretty peeved about it. Was it thirteen? I hope I don't it know. wasn't. I no, maybe maybe Final Fantasy was thirteen. Yeah. So, you, so you hit start and you know you you can get right into the game and and if you know Chrono Trigger, but it's, it's but wait, there's more. It's not just Chrono Trigger, because this is any game for the Super Nintendo. Kirby, what do you want to play? Battletoads? We got them all right here. So is there Mike Tyson's Punch Out on there? Uh, let me get Goodness. yes. There is Super Punch Out. It's, it's got to be Mike Tyson's Punch Out. It's Mike Tyson's Super Punch Out because it was for the Super Nintendo. Remember. No, I never. I actually never had Nintendo. I've only played the ROMs. <laughs> Is that weird? <laughs> That's awesome. We we couldn't afford uh, Nintendos and all that growing up. So. Yeah, we had to illegally download ROMs. <laughs> what did you play emulators on back in the day? No, no, this is way... We didn't have emulators back then. I'm much older than you, so... You're talking uh, like you drew a picture of the game and then, like, did no, a flip. I, I, uh, when did... When did uh, when, did, when was Super NES? I don't know, but I got Primal Rage 92. and Killer Instinct and Street Fighter 2. So, I mean, pff, what more could you need, right? 92, Eric, really? I think so. 92, you are, 93. Man. You're old. Yeah, I mean, uh, Shane, I have a question. Did you have one of those Pong tables where you could actually sit down <laughs> and look through the table and play Pong? No, 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 no. no. But I have my 20-year high school reunion coming up in the spring. Do you have any idea how old I am? Whoa, 20-year? I was going to say, I had my 10, like... Eight years ago. <laughs> when you die, can I have your Nexus 7? <laughs> no, I called dibs on that. Get out of okay. here. <laughs> when, when you start going senile and forget how to code or use Android or anything, we want all your technology. We're taking it back, actually. No, my wife will we'll outlive me by device because it's easier to use. We will also take your wife. No worries. <laughs> awesome. All right, anything uh, else you guys want to mention? Is that it? Are we good? Oh, I think we successfully ruined the show. <laughs> was that a uh, a shit show? Oh, I, I want to quick that tip you linked to about dropping currents to fix your Nexus Seven. Oh, Eric, yeah, work. would you please mention that your favorite app, Currents, better than my Sixth Sense? Maybe not. No, no, it is. Oh, it, is it, it definitely is. Is it just not on a Nexus just, Seven? Right. Listen, listen. No, you listen. It craves knowledge. Oh. It craves knowledge. <laughs> well, and knowledge, as it. we know, consumes battery and. CPU cycles and memory. Matt, Matt, if you had a friend who all they did all the time was study and read and do things like that, that's unhealthy. 
I'm not promoting unhealthy use of currents. I'm promoting good use of currents. Oh, okay. It is still by it's uninstalling still it by uninstalling it from your Nexus Seven so that your tablet just, actually works. No, that makes or sense. Or just turning off background sync. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Listen, if okay, if you want a good news reader app, use Currents or if My Six Sense. You like I mean, no bias. Yourself, use My Six Sense or <laughs> you're a d- My Six Sense. I hated My Six Sense. Or if you hate having a really fast tablet, if you need to slow it down for your slow little brain, then use Currents. You know, either or. It's up to yeah, you. Matt, I'm good with I've that. I've uninstalled good Currents from, or disabled it from all my all my devices shane that's because awesome. other I'm than current. other than being a vegan you're a real man so congratulations <laughs> i am not but i'm well informed man. something else <laughs> awesome all right well i think we have successfully destroyed this episode so thank you guys episode 62 attack of the androids every week attack of the androids.com what joey you look like you're gonna say something totally clever no I was okay just laughing. okay thank you Good way to end the show. Leave us a message 406 204 4687. You guys can email what, Eric? Show at attackoftheandroids.com. Thank you. Dot com. Dot com. Expedia. Yeah. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids.com.